so this uh, last um, Thursday, I, I prepped all my stuff and got, got all my, my sermon ready. And then I got a call on Friday. Um, and this changed a little bit how my sermon is starting. I got a call on Friday saying my dad is in the hospital. And uh, he is having some heart issues. He's having a blockage in his heart, and, and they don't really know what's going on. And they're, so they're sending him to Victoria. And so I, uh, I sent him a photo, being the good son that I am. And I said, hit the decline! Hit the decline!" Those who can't see it, it says, Jesus is calling. Someone pointed out to me that perhaps maybe we should hit remind later. Come back. We'll come back to that, Jesus. So, today, I actually want to talk about uh, treasures in heaven. And this segues into it really well, because I think a lot of us, we kind of, we live our lives, some of us longer, some of us shorter, uh, and we live for things kind of in this world, don't we? And then all of us eventually are going to come to this point when the phone rings, and some of us are going to be frantically trying to hit the client on the phone or can't even find the phone anymore. And some of us are going to be, I mean, we're sitting with our fingers ready. We're, we're ready to hit accept because Jesus is calling me home. You know, when it comes to faith, I think a lot of times um, we think about the things we miss, don't we? Right? So often when I, I think of uh, passing away and moving on to the next thing, I think of all the things that I'm going to miss. Now, me being young, I'm going to miss my kids growing up. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss maybe seeing my grandkids or my great-grandkids. Um, some of us here, like less, uh, you know, is great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids. <laughs> and, you know, I think of all the things we miss. Now, what about faith? Do we ever do that when it comes to our faith? and how we kind of work with our faith. How about this? Do you ever regret that moment where you had your neighbor or friend that you really wanted to tell about Jesus, and you had that, that space and that time, but you didn't do it? And you think back to that moment. You're like, oh, oh, I, oh, I, I so just, I regret that moment. And we kind of, we go through life wondering, oh, you know, I wish I had more time to be smarter so that when I was in that conversation with that one person that was really smart and knew a lot of stuff that I had the words to say so that I could, you know, I could, I could, I could be articulate with my faith beyond like, I believe in Jesus because I love him. I wish I had done more research. I wish I had thought more. I wish I had done all of these things. You know, I think... Sometimes we, we put values on certain things. So today, actually, I want to talk about what is a treasure in heaven. Because, to be honest, if I was going to be honest with you, I had no idea. I have not known for a very long time. There are certain words in a Christian kingdom that I think we just kind of grow to accept. Do you know what I mean? Like, words that are used in, um, here's a good word, who knows what catalyst means? Now, most of us would know how to use the word catalyst in a sentence, but would have no idea how to explain the word catalyst. I think treasures in heaven is a little bit like that. It's kind of amorphous, right? Because we're like, well, but there's no things. We don't have things in heaven, right? I know for me, I would always think any good thing I do here on earth, any kind thing, every time that I open the door for someone, you know, I'm, I'm depositing in some sort of heavenly piggy bank. 
Because all I can think about with treasures is some sort of monetary value. Am I, am I only the only one? How many of you here feel like when you hear Jesus talking about treasures in heaven, we think about some sort of monetary value, some sort of house, some sort of place, some sort of um, experience? There's this, like, it's got to be tangible, right? Because we live in a tangible place with tangible things. And we think about what we would like to call payment. How many of you feel like that? How many of you thought like that, like me? It's got to be some sort of tangible thing. Well, I actually want to change it a little bit, and I want to explain it to you. Because probably like me, you've probably heard someone speak on it, and they more than likely did a better job explaining it to you than I am about to. However, probably like me, some of you were you know, not listening in the first place, and so need a good reminder. So we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to ask a question. Do you want everything that you worked for in this world to burn up and disappear? Or do you want it to last for eternity? And that's the question, folks. Do we want everything that we've worked for on this world to burn up and disappear? Or do we want the works and labors of our hands to last eternity? And that's what the treasures in heaven are. So let's get into our verse today. We are in Matthew 6. If you've got your Bible or your phone or your tablet or you're at home, feel free to pull out uh, Matthew 6, and we're going to read a little bit from there this morning. Uh, 6 verse 19. Uh, awesome. And, and to be clear, uh, I'm not actually going to be talking about money either today. I know some of you are like, oh, this is just a financial talk, isn't it? He's talking about money. A lot of the principles that I'm going to be talking about today might translate over to the way you view finances, but I'm actually not going to be talking about money. I'm going to be talking about the actionable work of your hands, not the actionable work of your wallet, okay? Because both things are, they're both actually have a place in the kingdom of God, but they're different. Um, so, we're in Matthew 6, verse 19, and it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths... And rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and rust do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. Oh, sorry, I'll get it up. Boop. Nope, not working. If you want to just go forward to the next one, that'd be great. Um, it's, uh, it's not working at all. That's, that's all right. So we're... Ah, oh, hey, there you go. So an, another way to say is, is moths and vermin. For where your, treasures, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now, let's give a little context for where Jesus is and what he's doing and, and why he's saying what he's saying. Now, Jesus is actually in the middle of this fantastic sermon. Uh, very similar to this one, he is standing in front of a crowd. There just happens to be a multitude more people there. This is, of course, the Sermon on the Mount. This was considered Jesus' greatest sermon, and it spans quite a large section of the book of Matthew. And in this book, Jesus goes over 
so many things. He talks about prayer. He talks about finances. He talks about life. He talks about death. He talks about marriage. He talks about divorce. He talks about just about everything in this massive context. And one of the things that he talks about is he talks about the spiritual reward of looking for treasures in heaven. So that's what Jesus is doing. He's standing in a crowd in front of a ton of people. And in the rest of this context, if you continue to read on, Jesus actually goes into some stuff about money. He actually does talk about finances. He talks about, do you serve God or money? Because you can't serve both. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to stay right here in this first half. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin or rust destroys. Now, if you can imagine moths, they don't eat uh, houses, right? They eat clothes. Now, it's an interesting thing that Jesus would put clothes in this context, don't you think? Because to us, well, if your clothes get eaten by moths, you throw it out and go buy a new one, right? But in the context of when he's speaking, clothes had a ton of value to them. Because they couldn't just simply bleach them to make them white again, like we can today. They couldn't simply just go to the store and buy another one, like, they, like we can today. They made it themselves. So there was something of value to it. This work of your hands. And then to put on top of that, there was a wide variety of expensive clothes. So... Most people probably have heard this before, but the color purple. Purple was one of the most expensive colors that you could buy. Fabrics, dyed fabrics you could buy. There was this uh, plant called the matter plant, or these mollusks that they would get it from. Now, a little bit later on in the New Testament, there's this lady in the book of Acts named Lydia, and she sold, like, clothes, and one of the things that we know about her is she sold purple clothes. She sold linens that were dyed purple. Now, these mollusks, it would take somewhere around 10,000 of them to make a single drop of purple. A single drop of dye. It was so incredibly expensive. Which is why in the Roman world, you would see those who uh, were part of Caesar's house would have purple-lined clothes. Royalty would wear it. And interestingly enough, Jesus wore a purple robe to the cross. Because he is the king of all kings. Placed on him when Jesus went to the cross, actually wore a purple robe. The one of the most expensive things that could have been given to him, he wore it to the cross. And so, it's important to understand that, like, and clothes mattered. They were part of symbol of status, and you know, it's nice to be dressed. And then, of course, vermin. He's, Jesus is speaking to people who farmed. Who, who raised their livelihood by going out in the fields and drawing from the fields and storing it and then having it for the rest of the year. 
And so vermin in your silos, your grain silos, was a really bad thing. I know for some of us now, we think if we have ants and mice or rats in our house, it's like, oh, that's really bad. Back then, that was, that was really bad. Because again, you can't just go to you know, superstore and buy another thing of flour. You got to throw the whole lot out and go to your neighbor's. And hope and pray. But see, we place our hope in these things even today, don't we? Right? We, we place our hope in, in things today, don't we? In the same way, in our job, in our finances, in our, you know, CPP, pension. We place our hope in these things. But eventually, everything in this world will go away. If you're ever having a conversation with someone who, who maybe doesn't uh, know the Lord, one thing that I always re- remind people is that the best stat in the world is simply this, everybody dies. One in one person dies. <laughs> one in one person dies. And this world, everybody can agree with this, just as an encouragement to you, as believers, we actually have a lot of physical evidence, such as simply this. Did you know the sun will run out of energy? Everybody agrees. It is commonly agreed that the sun eventually will go and explode. It'll just go pop, and it's done. Or it'll cool off enough that everything on earth dies. Commonly agreed. Everything in this world will go away. Whether Jesus returns or that happens first, it doesn't matter. Everything in this world will be changed. It's guaranteed. And so here Jesus is talking about don't hold on to physical possessions. Don't allow physical possessions to actually take root in your heart as the most important thing in your life. He's talking about clothes. He's talking about food. Things that are really kind of important. But he says they still are not as as important as I am. But we'll get into that. And the last one, of course, is he talks about thieves. Because there's thieves in every world. Who's had a bike stolen here? I I know I seriously considered, I had a 2005 Honda Civic that I nearly drove to the ground. And I seriously considered leaving it downtown Victoria with the keys in it and a little note that said, if you steal, please destroy. Very seriously considered it. My conscience wouldn't let me do it. I guess Jesus wouldn't let me do it. You know, we live in a world where people take things that aren't theirs. And if our hope is in these things, it's it's almost as if someone has stolen your hope, isn't it? That's kind of what they're saying here. Moths can steal your hope. Vermin can steal your hope, or thieves might steal your hope. But if it's in a place that they cannot be, heaven, then it cannot be stolen. So, we continue to read. He says, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Here we are, talking about treasures in heaven. What are treasures in heaven? The Greek word for treasures there is thesaurus, which actually kind of probably more accurately accurately translates to storehouse. 
So I'm going to change this. We'll jump to the next slide. And I'm going to change this scripture a little bit to add the word storehouse in instead. But store up for yourselves storehouses in heaven. And then for where your storehouse is, there your heart will be also. You see, a treasure is not actually anything physical. It's where you put things. So we put things. And that thing that Jesus is talking about, because he talks about it just a little bit later on, if you want to skim it real quick while we're looking at it, just, just the next couple of verses, as he talks about your heart. So it's where you store your heart is where your treasure lies. See, it's, the treasures in heaven are not actually this physical, tangible thing necessarily. It's more about where do you place yourself in the kingdom of God, in Jesus. Do you place yourself in Jesus? Of course, that's belief in Christ. And then the question we got to ask ourselves is quite simply this. Okay, so how then, and what then, do I put in there beyond my heart? You have to ask yourself, what does Jesus value? Because if Jesus is the purpose that we live, Jesus is the reason that we live, Jesus is what we are storing ourselves in, which is in heaven, what does Jesus value? Because it would make sense that if we do what Christ values, right? Because if we're following Jesus, and Jesus is our reason for living, and Jesus is our perfect purpose for existing, then we are going to naturally want to do what Jesus did. How hard is it to, to emulate somebody? You ever find yourself doing this? You find someone that you would say is a hero, and then you emulate them just a little bit. Because there's so much your hero that if you only looked like them, if you only talked like them, if you only acted like them, maybe you'd be a little bit more like them. Who's done that? Who's found a hero that you wanted to emulate and be like. Jesus is saying, be, I want to be your hero. Emulate me. So here's a couple things that Jesus values. He values relationship. That is one into another. He values prayer and fasting. We pray here every morning at nine o'clock. He values serving. He values gratitude to the point where in Matthew 10, verse 24, I think it is, uh, Jesus says, if someone brings you a glass of water in my name, they've received their reward. If someone serves you in my name, they've received their reward. See, the treasure Jesus is talking about is himself. He is our treasure. He is our treasure. He's the reason we function. He's the reason we're here. Now, how does this translate to, to us today? How do we, I don't know, actively live this out? How do we apply this to our lives? I think it actually really comes down to one very simple truth. Where are you emulating Christ in your life? 
That's the question. Where are you emulating Christ in your life? I think it's a great question. It's a hard question to answer, to be honest, for lots of us. Um, Sometimes it's hard for me to answer, and it should be. Do you know why it should be hard for us to answer? Because if it wasn't hard for us to answer, I I probably would say that we're we're probably not trying (laughs) to emulate Christ. Because to emulate Christ is to be perfect, and that is really hard. (laughs) Who here finds it hard to be perfect? I know, I know, right? It's just around the corner. I, I, I just know it. But the truth of the matter is, the treasure that he says to seek after is, do you store yourself in me? Now, there are going to be rewards in heaven. I'm not talking about that today. There are actually some rewards in heaven. And I'll be honest, I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I'll find out when I get there. Because sometimes it's, it's better to not have to understand everything. God has a lot of mysteries. Deuteronomy actually talks about the mystery of God. John, in Revelation, he actually talks about the rewards you'll receive in heaven. I don't understand how that works. Here's what I do understand. I'm here now. And you know what I can do with myself here now? I can make Jesus the center of whatever I do. And I can live like Christ. You know, I want to I challenge you. One of the ways we live like Christ is serving. We need help here at CLF. We need volunteers for tons of different areas. Um, from Sunday school to working in the back to helping on the stage to um, helping with our junior youth and senior youth to helping with a, a whole gambit of things. We need help. Do you want to serve Jesus? We want that for you. And we want to help you find a place to serve Christ here in this community. But I want to tell you this very simply. We don't want you to serve in more than one space. Because here's why. It's really hard to serve your friends and your neighbors if you're only ever serving the church. We really want you to serve your neighbors. We really want you to serve your family. We really want you to serve the community. And we really want you to be in a small group of some kind. And so we don't want all of your time. We don't want you busy being the church. We don't want you busy being at the church, we want you to be busy being the church in our community. And we would say that it's really difficult for believers if all of their time is spent serving at church. It's really hard to go for a coffee on Sunday morning with somebody who lives around the corner because they asked you to. If you got to be at church to serve every Sunday really hard to be Jesus in that moment, isn't it? So we don't want that for you. What we want for you is to store up treasures in heaven, is for you to place yourself in the loving hands of Jesus Christ and then be like him. It's not 
super difficult. It really isn't. The hardest part of it is deciding to do it. And every step after that gets easy. Well, it's kind of like running. Running is really hard when you're sitting. (laughs) You know, going for a jog is really difficult when you're sitting in a lounging chair. It's really difficult. And like running, our faith starts off strong. Then we get weary. Then we get a second wind. Then we get weary. Then we get a second wind. Then we get weary. Then we get a second wind or fourth wind, or a fifth wind. But it's really, really difficult to run when you're sitting down. It's really hard. I just use that as an image in your mind. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Jesus, that you actually wanted us to store ourselves in you in heaven, to become like you, to emulate you here on earth, to be your ambassadors to our community. And Jesus, we ask you in this moment, we ask you for wisdom as to where you're asking of us to serve. Jesus, if it's our local food bank, God, give us direction to it. Jesus, if it's serving our neighbors via some sort of small group coffee, Give us wisdom for that. Jesus, if it's serving our family and our friends, give us wisdom for that. Jesus, if it's serving here in this church and serving the local body, God, we just ask for your wisdom in that. Holy Spirit, you want to speak in us, through us, and with us as the manifest voice of hope here on earth. And so we accept this challenge. If you want to accept this challenge, I I encourage you to raise your hand up. You, You don't have to. But I want you to raise your hand up. If you're going to accept the challenge to be an ambassador of hope to our community, I want you to raise up and accept this challenge. If you want to, it's up to you. I'm not going to make anybody. We all come in our own time. If you want that, I want to encourage you to raise your hand up in this moment. Everybody's eyes are closed. I'll even close mine. I don't need to see. This is between you and Jesus. But when we raise our hands, we make a physical declaration of what our heart is saying, what our heart wants. So, Jesus, those who want to be the manifest hope into their nation, into their friends, and into their family, and into their local local neighborhoods, into their, their kids' lives, their kids' friends' lives, into their schools, in Jesus' name, we just pray for an emboldening as they set their hearts inside of Christ and emulate His glory in the world and emulate the things that He values, relationship, community, oneness with the Father, prayer and fasting. We pray for your boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So a couple things before we go. There is a sign-up sheet at the back for Dine and Dash. Our Dine and Dash, for those who don't know, maybe you're newer to the church or haven't heard of that, we haven't run it in a long time, we bless our children's center families. 90% of them don't have any faith of any kind or have any relationship with Jesus. Maybe they've had a relationship in the past. That's who we serve here during the week. 
So we're going to be making food for them and blessing them. There's a sign-up sheet at the back of the church on your way out. Feel free to put your name on it. Um, the other thing is that in the foyer, there is a sign-up sheet. There's a sign-up little digital iPad there. You can feel free to enter your information. Um, that's up to you. If you're not quite ready for it now, that's okay. But I encourage you to start praying and considering, how can I be a piece of the body of Christ doing what Jesus values? And where do, where do I place? Where do, where do, what part of the values of Jesus do I place myself in? Because here's the best part. You're not all the same. And you all are going to value something different. And that's the best part. It's the best part because you are uniquely His. And His calling for you and His design, desire for you is unique to you. And it might look like somebody else's, but it doesn't have the flavor of you on it. And that's what Jesus wants. He wants you. Amen? Again, when we say amen, we just say, yeah, I agree. So do we agree? Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you. His glory, His grace, and His mercy go with you today, tomorrow, and for the rest of the week. Lord bless you as you go from here today. We're not going to continue to do worship because my voice is starting to get hoarse. And so we're going to end right here, but I just want to bless you as you go this morning. And thank you so much for joining us at Christian Life Fellowship. Just be blessed today. Amen. See ya. Thank you.